everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber, and today I'm bringing on one of my clients to share how she went from dating to exclusive using the coaching process that I gave her. Before we get into that, I want to share my free guide called Copy and Paste Text for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes of this episode. So I want to share a little bit about what you're going to get once you get into the coaching program. And I do think this client's interview is a really good example of the kind of transformation that's available. She's going to talk about how she learned how to speak up, how she learned to find somebody who's growth oriented and how she learned to be more brave and asking questions and having deeper conversations with men and creating a deeper connection ultimately with the people she was dating all the way until she met somebody that she was ready to be exclusive with. So we navigated all of that together. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that my approach to dating is how to create attraction based on connection instead of based on a game. Because if it's based on a game, you have to keep up the game to keep the attraction going. But if the attraction is based on connection, then all you have to do in the relationship is maintain and deepen the connection with this person, which is what we want to do in a relationship in the first place. So I think this interview is going to be a great introduction to that. But if you want to go deeper into that work and you want to learn this approach to dating, then make sure that you join the next coaching program. I recently just signed up for coaching from a health and fitness coach and I did that because I was kind of doing the do-it-yourself approach to my fitness goals and I was looking up a bunch of YouTube videos, I was getting a powerlifting program, I was doing nutrition based on some random articles that I saw plus trying to figure it out myself and I was constantly doubting myself in the process. Even when I saw some progress, it was like, okay, but did I lose muscle or did I lose fat? Did I do it the right way or the wrong way? Am I making progress? Am I supposed to see these fluctuations? Is that too much of a fluctuation? I was so confused by the process, even though I could find so much information online. It wasn't like I was lacking information, but in the end, I decided I'd rather just save the time that I was going to spend (laughs) these next months figuring it out myself and trying to scrap it together and constantly doubting myself and having to start over or change things down the road when it wasn't working. And instead, I'm just going to sign up for coaching with this person who looks at it from all different angles, who has experience helping people with these goals, and who can reassure me that I'm on the right track or make adjustments needed based on her experience and knowledge about the subject instead of just like randomly throwing spaghetti at the wall. So it just made me think about your dating experiences as well because there is so much information out there and I try to contribute a lot of that information with the podcast. And at the same time, I know that when you're doing it alone, when you don't have feedback, when you don't have coaching on your mindset around following the process, It's just so easy to fall off track and doubt yourself and waste time trying random things. And it's much easier to just start with a process that works and to be guided through it so that you don't fall off track and so you can actually see it through until it works for you. 
So coaching is really not about buying information because you already have information for free on the internet, right? There's more information than you could ever want or need or consume. Coaching is about a container that allows you to transform. It's about having a process that's reliable that you can lean back on and trust and being guided and supported mentally through that process. So I probably could have eventually reached my goals fitness-wise if I just continued the spaghetti on the wall uh, mindset and strategy. I could have just kept watching YouTube videos and putting things together. But for me, signing up for the coaching was about saving all the mental stress of wondering if I'm on the right path the entire time and doubting myself. And I just wanted a process to follow And I just wanted that feedback to know that I was on the right track and to have somebody more experienced than me guide me through that process. So if your goal is to go from dating to exclusive, then my program is designed for you to do that. I give you the process, we give you the coaching, you have everything that you need in there to be able to go from dating to exclusive. So I'm recording this podcast a few weeks early. As I'm speaking, we will already have enrolled everybody for the next From Dating to Exclusive coaching program. But if you missed that round and you want to join the next round, make sure that you get on the wait list to get a discount and to ensure your spot in the next coaching program. The link for that is in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Amber. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's start out by talking a little bit about where you were when you first started the program. So that was about four months ago now, and you were actually in a connection at the time. So can you talk a little bit about where you were, like what was the connection like, but also what was your mindset like and what inspired you to start the program? So I was in a relationship that I'd started during, uh, during the pandemic. So I'd probably been in it since the previous year. So probably about six months, seven months. Obviously, strange times. So it wasn't, it wasn't a normal relationship. So it was a long-distance relationship that I saw this person once every fortnight. And I've got children. He had children. So, yeah, so I'd been with him for, yeah, probably about six months. I think there were certainly questions that I, that I had with it and sort of question marks hanging over it. I think in my head, I was at a point where I was thinking, where's this going to go next type of thing, really. Mm. And yeah, and to know how, how I was going to navigate it from there, really, I think. And so the first topic that kind of came up for us to work through was you had a lot of questions about whether what you wanted was okay. Like uh-huh. you wanted to see him more or you want to know where this was headed after six months. Um, and you had some of those questions come up and those desires, but on one hand you felt um, 
not a hundred percent confident speaking up on those things. And part of the reason was because you weren't sure if it was allowed or if it was okay to want those things. So kind of reflecting back on that, um, what would you say to your, like looking back, what do you think about the fact that you weren't sure if it was allowed for you to want those things? It's crazy really, isn't it? I suppose when you think about it, why should I not be allowed to ask the things? But I, I tied myself up in knots because I would think I was in a situation whereby I'd accepted how, how things were. Um, I've, I think as time got on and we were coming out of a lockdown situation, I, was, I felt as if I was kind of being kept at bay a little bit, whereas initially that was all that, that could happen because we were in a bit more restricted situations. But I think then as, as um, things opened up and we were able to sort of see each other more and, and so on, I kind of got myself in a, in a bit of a pickle really, whereby I thought, well, I've, ex- I've, kind, of, I've kind of accepted a situation that I wasn't really happy with. And put and and put it in a place because that's the circumstances I was in, and then you suddenly become come out of that situation, and then you think, oh, well, how do you go back on what you've said and say, well, hang on a minute, actually, I'm not really happy with that, mm. um, and I didn't, I didn't, I don't really feel as if I had the confidence to ask, partly because you don't know what the answer is going to be, and I think historically. Um, I have got a tendency to sort of keep myself very small and not feel as if um, I should make a fuss about things, you know? Yeah. And I think you mentioned a really important point there too, which is I can't go back on things that I already agreed on. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I think that's something a lot of people can relate to as well. It's like, well, I've been okay with this for a long time. I can't now just not randomly say that I'm not okay with it anymore or change my mind about what I want or what I feel comfortable with. And so we just keep going along with something that's uncomfortable. And yeah. another thing you mentioned there too was speaking is speaking up is uncomfortable because we don't know what the answer is going to be. And mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about what happened when you did speak up. So Again, you know, looking back, hindsight is always twenty twenty, isn't it, Amber? You know, I think, gosh, if ever I had an opportunity to say, well, actually, things have changed, you know, when you're in the midst of a pandemic, going from a lockdown to not a lockdown, actually, I could have used that as a huge cue, couldn't I? But I never did. Um, but I think, again, I, never any big, bold statements or big, bold, right, I'd like to sit down and, and discuss this. It was very much a case of just dropping things in and hoping and you know again you, you look back and you think well, you would have to be an absolutely you know top dog detective to work out the subtle little <laughs> things that I was dropping in because you know there's no way that he was ever picking them up so I would drop a tiny something in and then sit back and wait to see what the answer would be and to see how he would react and talk about tie yourself up in knots and such a waste of energy where I just think oh my gosh what was I doing I could have just just said and then I'd have been so much quicker getting an answer for stuff but yeah again it's that feeling that you don't want to rock the boat or um not feeling as if your your needs are important which is again you know you look back and you think 
how ridiculous is that? But there we are. It's it's learning process, isn't it? Yeah. And so what happened as you did start to speak up in a more direct way and as you started to get more answers about the quality of the connection? Well, it's a, it was a mixture, really. So there were, there were occasions where I would drop things in and, again, not sit back and observe and not really get the results I wanted. Um, and that tend to came to, things would come out in frustration then sideways. So there was this massive miscommunication. But then other times when I'd said things um, and asked sort of pertinent questions, it wasn't really received very well, mm. which again fuels a fire where you suddenly either then retreat, you know, you go a little bit forward, don't you? And then you retreat a little bit back. Um, so if anything, it was, as time was going on, it was confirming really what probably in my gut I knew. Um, but maybe just didn't have the confidence to go, right, is it this or is it that? Mm -hmm. if you see what I'm saying yeah and I do remember so also just looking at our notes at some point we started in July and then by Mm -hmm. September you said you know like by our next one-on-one session you said that you had ended things because you were trying to ask more questions and to communicate but he was retreating in those conversations and that you realized that wasn't the kind of relationship that you wanted uh-huh. Yeah, you could see he was getting increasingly uncomfortable with it, really. And if anything, the communication between us got got worse mm-hmm. um, because you could see he was quite like a relationship that was at his, so at a distance, really, mm-hmm. and sort of fitted in with when he wanted to, to, for it to fit in, yeah. which is not really what, going forward, which is not what I wanted. Yeah, and that's the fear that we have with speaking up when you speak up, then you discover that Mm -hmm. when you're not speaking up, then you can just kind of pretend that maybe things will change at some point down the road. Um, So it is scary to do that. And it also is kind of a good example of how we attract what we are. Like we, I feel like a lot of us have heard that saying, Um, but more like we attract a fit for what we're giving out. So Mm. if you are consistently not speaking up and never rocking the boat and never asking for a little bit more and never asking for what you need, then you end up in a relationship with somebody who like exactly matches that. Who's like, yeah, Yeah. I don't want to give more than one day a week or Mm -hmm. I don't want to move things forward and that kind of thing. And as soon as you do start speaking up, it's like, Oh, this is a different person than I started dating in the beginning. Um, so it's so important to learn that skill of being that person right from the start, um, Mm -hmm. like to be able to speak up, to be able to have clarity around what you want and ask for it, because otherwise you're creating attraction with somebody potentially, but it's based on not being who you are and not asking for what you want. And so, um, then you started getting into dating after that. So we did a lot in four months. We were in a relationship, ended a relationship, dated, and now you're in a relationship again. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, one thing that came up for you that you were practicing on these de- uh, dates, which is kind of along the same lines, was having more in-depth conversations and being more willing to go deep with your questions that you were asking yeah. people. So 
how did that show up? Like what kind of questions did you like to ask people on dates? So again, that's, it's been a bit of a learning curve. Um, I'm still, I probably st still will be a little bit of an observer rather than a jump in and ask. Um, and I seem to get into a pattern of, of five dates, which is a lot, isn't it? Five dates before I could realise whether or not somebody was a fit or not um, seemed to be the pattern. For asking deep questions, I felt hugely uncomfortable with it initially. Mm. Um, because of my job, the type of thing that I do, I'm quite, I'm quite happy to just talk about completely nothing solidly for an hour with somebody. No problem at all. But the minute it goes slightly deeper, I, I was feeling uncomfortable. However, I had in the back of my mind this huge realisation that if I'm going to be somebody that's, you know, everything's fine and, you know, I'll just go with the flow and we'll see what happens, then I'm ending up with somebody, and this was repeating, of somebody who's like, yeah, she's quite happy to just go with the flow and everything's fine, so why would I need to do anything? So it's kind of give me a bit of a kickstart. Things to do with... Things to do with growth, actually, it is really, really important with me. Um, and sort of emotional, emotional maturity, really. It's asking, listening. So I would ask questions about, um, you know, somebody's previous relationship, you know, whether they were married and about their job. And in the past, I probably would have just asked just a shallow question, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I got better with time of, about sort of going, so uh, how did that affect you? So rather than sort of somebody saying, oh, you know, I was in a marriage for seven years and it, you know, we grew apart. Um, what I wanted to know and what I, I, I got better at being, you know, curious was really asking, so how did that launch you to where you are now? Mm -hmm. rather than just taking things at face value. And then, and in the past, I would have just filled out the gaps myself. Mm -hmm. um, and generally got them really, really wrong. So actually asking somebody, and that that was a huge indicator for me actually on how someone you could soon see if somebody was a blamer or somebody was a complainer or somebody had learned from the experiences that they'd had. You know, um, yeah. So I, I I found that really really helpful. I st as I say I. It, it never rolled off the tank, and there were times where I would just go right, come on. Just do it now. <laughs> Just do it. Be brave and ask. Um, you'd recommended the John Gottman book. Mm -hmm. So I looked, I listened uh, on Audible. I don't tend to read books, but I've actually had to buy it because it's just got so many lists of questions. You can't retain it when you're listening to it on Audible. But I just sort of dip into that and um, use that as little, little pointers, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... I know you'd said about the cards, what were the sort of, um, oh, what were the cards, like would you ever type of thing? They all just seemed really extreme. Like, oh my God, I can't ask any of those. But mm. just, yeah, just general questions that just delved a little bit deeper. So rather than it just being surface level. And, and then the more you do it, the, the more you realise, you know, you're not going to die on the spot and the world will keep turning and you get a little bit braver each time. So Yeah, and I think the main thing that I heard there was not making assumptions. Right, because yeah. sometimes we might even ask a deeper question or a little bit more of a personal question, like, when was your last relationship? And they'll say, two years ago. And then you have a list of assumptions of what that means. Like, oh, mm -hmm. they're just a playboy <laughs> running the field yeah. or 
oh, I have they not been in a relationship for two years? We can make so many different assumptions. Mm -hmm. And part of practicing depth and getting better at that skill and vulnerability is not making that assumption and instead getting more curious and asking more questions about what that actually means to them in their life. And so you also, so also, especially with your um, partner now, your person that you're dating, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a few weeks, so I'm not sure where you're at in that stage. So I know you were exclusive. Are you still exclusive? Are you in a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So um, with that person, you were also really good at kind of checking to see their growth mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and also just in general with some other people you had dated before this person where it didn't work out, I think you had a really great sense of somebody's growth mindset. So how did you discover that as you were dating people? What were signals that maybe they didn't have a growth mindset or what were some signals that they did? Um, so it was interesting as, um, initially the type of person you do, ch- you do start changing what you look for. Um, so I, I use this term, like I always used to look for the shinies, for the shiny people that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like sort of ticks all the sort of really superficial um, boxes. And I was kind of moving away from those, which was really weird. And, and looking for the things, I was, um, I was pretty good at getting straight onto the video dating just to see what somebody would, look like face to face um but interestingly probably not people i would have been attracted to in the past even then it was to see how somebody was to see if somebody was positive so i'm quite a positive person and um you know i i'd like to learn and i want to grow and when i'd ask questions from people and sort of observe how they were and how they reacted to things that happened to them in their lives. It was interesting to see how some, some people would see things as a burden rather than it being an opportunity to expand. Mm. Um, but as I say, I, I, it, took, it takes me a long time to work it out. So it was, it would be like, you know, fifth, fifth date in, I'd be like, nah, ticks a lot of boxes but there's there is something whereby you just think they just feel heavy it's a heavy feeling with somebody mm. it's strange it's hard to explain but and and the things that um I would talk to them about and again quite you know after five you know, when you get to five days you're not talking about shower stuff it is quite deep stuff which is meaningful to you their response is quite heavy to the things that I was saying. I don't know, but it's a gut feeling, isn't it? It is a gut feeling. But Yeah, yeah. I remember um, specifically with one of the person that you went on, a person you went on five dates with, mm-hmm. you would share regular things about your life, just like yeah. life circumstances. And this person would respond by saying like, oh my gosh, that sounds really hard. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I think that's just my life. Like, for example, oh, you know, I go to the gym and I have my kids and I have my job. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much. It's awful. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and, and then you can feel, I could feel myself then quickly going back into that, um, oh no, it's absolutely fine. You know, that where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've been really working hard to get away from that everything is fine person, mm. to be quite authentic. And um, then I was almost trying to convince them that, you know, like, life's not that bad. I, I, this is what I do and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh no, this is not a match. It definitely isn't a match. Yeah. Because you want, you want somebody to, to sort of, I don't know, feel, feel that light, lightness about life with you rather than it mm-hmm. being a, a heavy chore. Because I don't, although my life is busy, I don't see it as a chore yeah. by any means. Right. And I think whether that's somebody who's half empty, half full, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And it sounded but, um, like with this person, it was just in general all the time that was their reaction. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like, oh, you know, oh, that sounds really difficult. You're like, oh. And then you start questioning yourself. You think, oh, gosh, is it really different? <laughs> oh, my gosh, really? Is my life that bad? I don't think it is. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Like, um, like, hey, where are you? Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. Your life is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, actually, this is quite nice. I'm listening to a podcast. I haven't got to rush around. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay. So it sounds like signal number one is putting a negative spin on things for just in general for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, and then, and also, then you feel as if you're, it's somebody else that you have to care for. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm quite empathetic. And you sort of think, oh gosh, I don't, I don't want to feel as if I'm, having to nurture somebody else along, if you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying, you know, I didn't feel as if that, it didn't feel equal. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And so did this person also talk about their own life in that way? Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if, if I unpicked it, I think it was probably more negative than positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was a chore. It wasn't, his life was more of a chore than, um, than a pleasure. Yeah. 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 That's a really good summary. Like, does somebody treat their life as a chore in general? Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to be positive about everything all of the time, um, but generally like putting a negative spin on everything. And like you said, it's mostly a feeling that you get where you feel drained or tired after spending yeah. time with somebody because the, the levity is missing and it's not light with that. Person. Mm-hmm. Like everything is heavy. Everything is negative. Yeah. So that's definitely one huge signal. Um, one thing that I thought about as well was with the person that you're dating now, mm-hmm. um, you shared uh, Dr. John and Julie Gottman's books with him, right? Like yeah. the one that you're reading, you let him know that you were reading that or you shared yeah. it in some way. What was his reaction to that? Oh, he thought it was really good, actually. And I'm blessing. He's he's listened to lectures from um, John Gottman, <laughs> so you think I'll oh, play, right? But yeah, no. He he was he's really good at asking questions, and um, he he knows that I it's something that I'm working on, and it's something that I, it doesn't come easy. Mm-hmm. But he's so encouraging. He'll go right. So every time I meet him, so have you got any questions to ask me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> yes, I have. And but it's so it's just so lovely because you know that that he wants to know, mm-hmm. and he's and you know you he wants to know because it's going to be something that that we find out about one another and move forward with rather than it being something that's going to be an obstacle in the road. 
Um, so I do think that's a really good signal to see, not that they necessarily like jump to buy the book, but that they're yeah. they, like the thought of learning about relationships or um, asking more in-depth questions or getting to know each other on a deeper level doesn't seem like outrageous to them. Mm-hmm. And that they're yeah. interested and curious like the person that you're dating now. Mm. Yeah. And, and sort of, I feel like he creates a safe space for me to just be really, you know, bumble along, trying my best at, at asking questions. He's sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's very tender in the sense that he sort of say, right, so come on, have you got a question for me now? <laughs> so, yeah, it's really encouraging. I must admit. That's really great, especially considering that it's a growth area for you to speak mm. up and to ask these questions, to have somebody who is creating that space for you to be able yeah. to do that and even pushing you to grow by doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like um, the first thing was in general, not putting a negative spin on things and just not being a blamer, a complainer. Like there's a big difference between something actually being a challenge in your life and sharing that versus just like complaining about things and being open to learning, growing, levity. Um, I think those are really great indications of a growth mindset in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit more about your connection now. How have things been with this person? Um, like, I mean, it's been a few weeks since we ended the last session. So how have things been with this person? No, it's, yes, it's doing really, really well. Um, we see each other pretty much every weekend. We've, you know, we've both got children, so it's, never easy and there's a bit of a distance you know ge- geographically wise between the two of us but it's really good connection he he um we, we communicate regularly you know each day and yeah this is going really really well to be fair yeah he's met my children i've met his children oh that's um, how did that yeah it went really well, actually. Yes, it because it's a real insight, isn't it? When you see how somebody is with their with their kids, how they parent, and and things like that, it's, mm-hmm. it's um, you can't be anything other than yourself when you're with your children. So it's totally. real exposure for somebody else. So yeah, so it was lovely for on both sides, and both of us said how nice that was. You know, a really lovely opportunity, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's just made things even further forward really yeah that's so exciting and And I would say in the past I've normally always gone oh it's really good but or it's really good um oh we'll see and with this I've not once said that so Mm. yeah that's amazing yeah yeah and so does it ever feel difficult um does it ever feel difficult? I suppose there are, there are elements where you think, I wish she lived closer. Um, being able to communicate. I just know. want to say that's very cute. Yeah? Oh, that's good. <laughs> so it's like, is anything difficult about my relationship? Yeah, I wish they were closer to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose that really... Um, 
and just checking in with somebody. But I'm very much aware of, you know, what, what you've said all along is of allowing a plant to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rather than seeing, <clears throat> seeing a, a time apart and not being able to just be with somebody all the time as something for stress, frustration, if anything, it's quite nice to just sit back and just go, okay, this is an opportunity to see how you sit with things and also to see where it goes beyond that, you know, rather than trying to for- I've I think in the past I've tried to force things. Again, I, you know, I've either given myself my own answer to things because I've not wanted to ask the question or I've tried to mould myself into somebody else, you know, somebody else's way that they want somebody to be in a relationship. And I've not been my genuine self, whereas I think, if anything now, I've had a chance to sort of, I feel quite comfortable about sitting back and just leaning back and just sitting with things and going, okay, well, how is this feeling? Mm. Rather than trying to jump in. And it's, I think, I'm, I'm learning to enjoy the pauses, Amber, which is, you know, it's quite something. Yeah, and... You know, the reason why I ask, is it difficult, is not because, you know, I'm that complainer guy who puts a negative spin on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I ask actually to um, share with people and show people that it's possible to have a relationship that's easy. Like, a lot, I think a lot of us hear a lot of advice about relationships is, well, it's hard and, you know, you got to put in hard work and it's difficult and but you do it anyways. And there's kind of this grind mindset for relationships. And I Mm. think really helpful to have people like you on and share that it can just be pretty simple and easy. And so sometimes settle for connections where it's like an uphill battle and a test of our patience and will, and we're constantly anxious and uncomfortable. And that's not how it has to be. It can be simple and easy and flow. And it doesn't mean that you're not learning things and learning skills and growing or that there aren't logistical issues, but overall, like the connection itself can just be easy and you can just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I do feel as if I, I am for once being myself actually, which is such a lovely feeling. And oh my God, doesn't it free up so much energy where Mm. you can just relax, you know? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You think, flipping heck, how, how much, you know, I don't mind putting work into a relationship. I've never had any problem with that, you know, right the way through. But you just think, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, you do feel a sense of freedom with it, really. Yeah, and often I think when it does feel difficult in that way, it's often because we are somehow alone in doing the work of the relationship too. Yeah. Um, so it feels very overwhelming to constantly be guessing what the other person needs or wants or how they're feeling or what their challenges are without them also contributing towards like checking in on how the relationship feels and what you're doing and what's needed. So when you have an actual partner in that, then it feels a lot more simple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a bit, it reminds me a bit like, um, with children, you know, before they can talk, where you're going, do you want this? Do you want that? What about this? What about this? Oh and it's God. just, it's just lovely where you could just go, okay, so we're just having this. Are you all right with that? And they just go, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's a great analogy too. Um, because it is a lot of work in the beginning with babies. 
Like part of the mental exhaustion is like guessing. It's like, I'm I'm not sure if I'm doing everything right, but that's just like part of the phase, of course, as we're children. But once we're adults, we can expect more from people. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners of the podcast or anything that you would share with your former self before you joined the program? Oh gosh. Um, was to share with my former self, I think just having the courage to just you know, speak up really, just use your voice and knowing that, you know, that the world will keep turning. And, you know, if you, if you're, if you're with somebody who's understanding and on the same path as you, whatever you say is going to be accepted kindly. And if it's not, then that's not your person. Um, so yeah, so the quicker you are having the courage to actually speak up, the quicker you're going to find your person, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know. It, for, for me, just, yeah, doing, doing the program with you is just, it has been a real, it's just like having somebody just hold your hand as you're just being brave, taking the next step and the next step, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's been lovely, really. Because I think, I don't know about you, but I, I think a lot of people who, who come to, to do the course have done some work on themselves and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're probably aware of what they want, not necessarily got to the point where they can actually say what they want, if, it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, you, you certainly have a very good knack of just being able to just push us along to the next little bit. So, it's, yes, it's been a joy. It really has. Thank you. That's one of my favorite descriptions of my job that I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> my job is just holding people's hands as they take the next brave step. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's true. And I do, I do also push. I sometimes shove if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. While yeah, holding your hand though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's that accountability knowing that you're going to have the, the next, um, you know one-to-one with you and that when you do the the group calls then similarly you know there's a possibility that you'll go so do you remember last week that you said you were going to do this <laughs> have you actually done it so you know that's never a bad thing is it really because you know we're all, we're all guilty for putting things off but it's yeah it's such in such a nurturing way and that you've got such a lovely way of just you know, encouraging us all along and teasing it all out of us, which has been lovely. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I can't wait to share with everybody how to find somebody with a growth mindset. Because I think um, that is like, that's the element of the five elements that's challenging for people. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you.